Hi, welcome to my podcast, Help Me Rhonda. I'm your host, Dr. Rhonda Karg. I'm a clinical psychologist, and each episode of this podcast, I present mental health-related information to you in hopes that it will improve your mental health. And so today I'm going to be talking about the stages of change, slips, relapses, and the abstinence violation effect. So the stages of change were, this is a a model of behavior change that was originally developed back in the 1970s by two individuals known as Prochaska and DiClemente, and they developed a model of change that helps explain how people go from not feeling motivated to make any change in their behavior or not even recognizing that there is a problem to making behavior changes to maintaining those behavior changes. And so the stages of change model starts out with stage one is pre-contemplation and that's where the person generally feels like the behavior is not a problem. Maybe people in the family think that it's a problem or maybe their, their, their friends think that it's a problem, but they don't believe that it's a problem. They may think other people are overreacting to it. It's not an issue or they just don't have any intention of making any changes in the foreseeable future. So that's known as pre-contemplation. And It's also called denial. You may be more familiar with that term, but it's just a failure to recognize that the behavior is a problem and a lack of motivation or commitment to to making any changes. So that's pre-contemplation. And people can stay in pre-contemplation for years, decades. Uh, it It is sort of the the part of behavior change that is really difficult to deal with is when people are in this stage of not recognizing that it's a problem where other people may be looking at it and, and see that it's leading to, to some negative consequences. So getting the person from pre-contemplation to the next stage of change, which is called contemplation, which is where the person recognizes that they have a problem and they are willing to consider the possibility of making some changes. So they're open to the fact that maybe this is causing problems and maybe change is possible. Okay, so that's that's contemplation and that's good because a lot of times contemplation can lead to the next stage of change, which is known as preparation. And preparation is when you start making some changes in order to prepare for the action stage. The action stage is when the behavior change actually uh, starts. But the preparation stage is also important because during that time, the person can be doing things to help prepare them to make this change. So it could be that uh, if they're a very heavy drinker, they may start cutting back on their alcohol so that they don't go through some very intense withdrawal. They may go to the doctor and get a prescription for an altrexone, which helps with 
cravings uh, with drugs and alcohol and other compulsive behavior, and, or it could be going to the doctor and getting started on an antidepressant if they feel like they're self-medicating. So those are some things that people can do uh, to get ready for the behavior change. That's the preparation stage. The next stage is action stage, and that's where the person actually starts uh, engaging in that new behavior. For a lot of people in recovery, the action stage means means abstinence. Uh, for some people, it's using in a controlled way or maybe cutting back and only having one beer at a time, one or two beers or one or two drinks at a time, uh, and having or maybe once a week or special occasions, whatever boundary the person makes with themselves. Uh, that's the action stage is when you're actually engaging in the behavior that you intend to, which might be abstinence or controlled use or some other um, modification of your behavior. And then the next stage is known as maintenance stage. And maintenance is when you have maintain that new behavior for at least six months. And the maintenance stage gives us more stability in our behavior change. You know, once we've, once we've done it for at least six months, it becomes more of a habit. It becomes easier to maintain a lot of times than it does to either start the new behavior or maintain it in the early stages, uh, like let's say in the first six months. It does tend to get easier at about six months. And then the last stage is known as termination. And what that means is that the person has absolutely no concerns at all about ever uh, reverting back to the old behavior. And that does occasionally happen for people, but it can also be a dangerous place for a person to be if they become really what they what they call in 12-step programs, you know, resting on your laurels. They can become complacent with their program of recovery and stop and and stop doing some of the things that are necessary for them to maintain their sobriety or whatever behavior change they're, they're working on. Um, you know, they can, they can just get relaxed and think that they've got it made and it's not an issue anymore. And that can really set them up for a slip or a relapse. So you have to be careful with, with being overly confident. Most people don't ever get to that termination stage. Most people stay in the maintenance stage. And for, for most people, that's a good, healthy place for them to stay, is to stay alert. Because behavior change is very difficult and it does require effort a lot of times. It does get easier, but there's definitely going to be times where it's, it's difficult to maintain those behavior changes. So in the field of recovery, we can think about the stages of change in terms of relapse as well. And the stages of change from pre-contemplation to contemplation to preparation, action, and maintenance, people generally 
do not always go through those stages of change in a linear fashion. Sometimes they revert back to the previous stage. So a person who has moved from pre-contemplation or not recognizing that there's a problem to contemplation, they may go through a stressful period of time and all of a sudden they've decided that they're not going to make any changes after all. And they can revert back to that place of pre-contemplation again. That's That can happen or a person could be in the action stage where they're already making the changes and they can revert back to pre-contemplation, which is where they're not ready to make changes. They know it's a problem, but they're not ready to make any changes immediately or um, you know a person can even be in the maintenance stage of their recovery and all of a sudden revert back to an earlier stage and we call those those times slips and a slip is different from a relapse a slip can turn into a relapse but I want you to appreciate that slips and relapses are different. A slip can turn into a relapse, but a slip is when you revert to the old behavior temporarily, but you immediately get back on track with your, with your action stage again. You get right back on track with your program of recovery, whatever goal that is for you. And sometimes when people have a slip, um, it turns into a relapse because they look at their slip and they think, you know what, I already messed it up. I might as well just keep going. I already ate that chocolate cake and I had already established ketosis. So I might as well just keep eating the chocolate cake until it's gone. Or I might as well just give up on this diet because it's obviously not working for me. So then you go back to your old ways. Instead, you can recognize a slip back to your old behaviors as being a learning experience, which is what it should be. It's not a failure experience. Slips and relapses are learning experiences. A relapse is when you However, you revert back to your old behavior, but rather than getting right back on track, you just stay you stay out there and you kind of give up and that's a relapse. And sometimes those can last for a few weeks, a few months, a few years, or the person may never return to um, recovery, the action stage of recovery again. They may just stay in that phase of addiction where they're where they're using again and they're back to their old behavior so i don't want to make light of slips and relapses but i do want you to understand that it's not a failure experience it's a learning experience so how can we turn it into a learning experience rather than a failure experience we can take stock of what happened, you know, admit it to ourselves, admit it to somebody else that we trust, has earned our trust. We tell them what has happened. 
we examine the the things that maybe led up to it, were there any signs that your mind was starting to question whether or not you should be in a in a in recovery or not? Or maybe you had started having fantasies about getting back to that old behavior again. Maybe you had been having fantasized fantasies about that for a few weeks before you actually slipped. Maybe it has to do with a stressful situation that you weren't able to cope with. And so you reached out to that old behavior because it was familiar and you felt like you needed it in order to to get through the situation. So in that case, maybe you need to work on learning some new coping skills for for distressing situations that happen in your life. It could be that in your past, you have unhealed wounds that need addressing and need healing. And so maybe getting into psychotherapy would be a good idea. A lot of people in recovery or that are engaging in new behaviors benefit from going to psychotherapy because so many of us have things from our past that that we need to work through, maybe reflect, gain some perspective, uh, maybe change our perception of things or ourselves or the situations that happened, learn new coping skills that will help us weather the difficult times in our lives so that we don't revert back to those old behaviors. So learn from the experience so that it you can prevent it from happening again in the future, okay? And remember that behavior change is a process. It's not an event. You don't just decide, I'm not going to do this anymore, and you never do it again. I mean, sometimes that happens, but it really does require some effort and learning how to address maybe some of the underlying issues, uh, maybe fears of abandonment or uh, emotional pain from an earlier time in your life. Maybe those things need to be addressed if it was a case of self-medicating, using substances, for example, or using other compulsive behavior in a way to numb out and to feel better. And a lot of people that have gotten into the bad habit of abusing substances or some other compulsive behavior that is leading to negative consequences, a lot of times we do have things underneath that that we're trying to self-medicate. And so if you look at your slip or your relapse, maybe recognize that maybe there's some other help that I need in order to support my program of recovery or my program of behavior change, whatever that is for you, whether it's dieting or gambling or substance use or any exercise, any behavior change that you're working on. So learn from the experience by taking stock of it and maybe reasoning things out with someone else who's earned your trust. And maybe they can help you decide on what you can do next in order to set you up for success next time and make it a little bit easier. But you can recover from a slip or a relapse, no matter how far 
wrong you've gone, you can always turn around. Okay, so that's, that's an important takeaway from today is that, that there is hope and there's lots of people that are, that are working on themselves just like you are and sometimes connecting with them in, in a social networking way or going to 12-step meetings or going to online meetings for other people that are, that are doing the same thing that you're doing can be really inspirational as well. So that is one of the reasons why so many people find 12-step programs of recovery to be beneficial is just knowing that they're not alone and being in a place where uh, other people understand some of the struggles that you've had or are having and can also be there to support other people because getting outside of yourself and bringing a bouquet, as I've talked about in some of my other podcasts, is a way for you to also um, take care of yourself and feel better about yourself because sometimes when we've had a slip or a relapse, we feel pretty defeated. It can really knock our confidence down. We can be feeling with a lot of guilt and shame about reverting back to that old behavior. And so getting outside of yourself and doing nice things for other people can be a way for you to also strengthen your own recovery. So there's lots of, there's lots of different paths of behavior change, um, if you feel like you haven't found the one that's working for you yet, you can seek out the help of a mental health or substance abuse professional, and they can help you figure that out, okay, in terms of uh, what you'd like to do with your life moving forward and how you would like to make the most of your time here. So there you have the stages of change, understanding the differences between slips and relapses, and how you can guard against the abstinence violation effect. And to remember that slips and relapses are learning experiences. They're not failure experiences. So pick yourself up, find the support and the help that you need in order to strengthen and learn from that experience so that you can move forward with more success in the future. Okay. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope that you have a good day.